friends, and welcome to the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright, your host for this little musical variety hour featuring 78 RPM records from my collection. It's music from the first half of the 20th century. And on today's program, I've got a nice assortment of records for you. Everything from ragtime piano to 1920s and 30s dance bands to 1950s revival bands to 1930s New York cabaret singers and all kinds of other stuff. I thank you very much for tuning in and listening along to these records with me. I think we'll have a good time today. And we're going to start with a little up-tempo record by a, a dear late friend of mine, Johnny Maddox, who died in November of 2018 after a long career as a ragtime pianist. Here's something he recorded back in 1952. It's an early dot record, number 15008, Johnny Maddox Boogie. sound on that record by Johnny Maddox and the Rhythm Masters from 1952. That was the Johnny Maddox Boogie. And I play that to start off today's program in honor of Johnny Maddox, who died in November of 2018 at the age of 91, after a career that spanned well over 60 years. I think like most of us, I can claim to have had a few brushes with celebrity through the years. There was that time about 10 years ago I was out in California at a party and happened to spot Weird Al Yankovic walking in the room. I didn't get to talk to him, but it was him. And then there was that time about three or four years ago I was in New York City with my wife. We were in a rather upscale part of town and desperately looking for lunch. It was too upscale for many restaurants. (laughs) It was mostly fashionable clothes shops. But we managed to find a little Italian restaurant. Not very crowded, but it was expensive. But while we were sitting there eating, we noticed at the table next to us, a gentleman with a cap on, 
kind of facing away from us, looking at a tablet, eating by himself. Before we left, though, my wife pointed out to me that that was Steve Martin. As he got up to leave, we asked the maitre d', who said, sure enough, yes, that was Steve Martin. He comes in here from time to time for lunch. So I can't claim to know Steve Martin or Weird Al Yankovic, even though we've brushed shoulders. But I did get to know Johnny Maddox. I'm very grateful for having gotten to know him. I first heard a Johnny Maddox record probably when I was about seven or eight years old in a box of 78s. I don't even remember which one it was of his, but I knew his name from a young age. And so I was delighted when about 10, 12 years ago, I was introduced to him personally by a mutual friend of ours, Adam Swanson, who invited me to join him at Johnny Maddox's home in Gallatin, Tennessee, a big old stately house from, I believe, the 1790s, where Johnny lived for many years. So I got in the car, drove down there, spent a couple days with Johnny Maddox at his house, looking through sheet music, interviewing him, hearing about his remarkable career, which started all the way back in about 1946 when he went to work for a man named Randy Wood, who ran a record shop in Gallatin, Tennessee. Johnny Maddox was an aspiring pianist. He learned to play a bit from his great aunt, who had been a ragtime pianist back in the early days of the 20th century. And so when Randy Wood, the owner of the record shop, decided to found his own label, Dot Records, Johnny was one of the first, if not the first, musician that he recorded. They recorded on a little acrosonic piano, a little upright piano, really low production values, but it became a hit, and Johnny started recording regularly for Dot Records after that, and it was largely the success of Johnny Maddox's Dot Records in the early 1950s that the Dot label rose to prominence, eventually moving from Gallatin, Tennessee, out to Hollywood, California, and becoming a real major label. Johnny Maddox sold millions and millions of records. I don't know an exact figure. I don't think anybody does, but if you look around antique shops, Salvation Army thrift stores, record shops, you'll see his records all over the place. I think for quite a while in the 1950s, they were even outselling Elvis. <laughs> anyway, Johnny was a great guy. He was a really nice friend to me. Spent a lot of patient time answering questions I had, signed a few of his records to me, and I saw him again here and there through the years at various ragtime festivals. A real thrill of mine was playing in front of him at a tribute concert to Johnny Maddox in Columbia, Missouri, oh, about three or four years ago. I played a piece that he had composed, Tango for Debt, and it was so nice to have his encouraging feedback afterwards. Anyway, Johnny Maddox opening up this edition of the Shellac Stack. And we'll continue now with a trio of records about drinking. <laughs> well, sort of. First up, Arthur Fields, a record he made in 1919 for Pathé Records. This is 22127, a vertically cut disc. And the song is called Goodbye, Wild Women, Goodbye. On the eve of the start of Prohibition, Arthur Fields is singing about <laughs> how he expects women will uh, no longer be as wild as they once were. They'll tame and become a little more shy, and it'll be hard to find a steady girl. Well, we know in hindsight that the 1920s, I think, became probably the decade of wild women in the 20th century. Anyway, after Arthur Fields, we'll hear from Paul Whiteman and his orchestra, Just a Little Drink, and I'll save the third one in this set as a little surprise for you. But first up, here's Arthur Fields. Goodbye, wild women. Goodbye. Oh, what 
a terrible blow. Congress said liquor must go. It's not the drinking that's got me thinking. That's not what worries me so. I don't mind losing my pals. But think of the beautiful gals. After the country goes dry, goodbye, wild women, goodbye. How on earth do you expect to land them when Coca-Cola is the only thing you can hand them? The girlies will start to act shy right after the 1st of July. Then every night you'll see many a sinner taking his own little wifey to dinner. The minute the country goes dry, goodbye, wild women, goodbye. Now it's wine, women, and song, but soon you'll find it's all wrong. When they cut wine out, you'll quickly find out women will follow along. Oh, what a terrible shame, for why women all will grow tame. After the country goes dry, goodbye, wild women, goodbye. How on earth do you expect to land them when Coca-Cola is the only thing you can hand them? The girlies will start to act shy right after the 1st of July. Then every night you'll see many a sinner taking his own little wifey to dinner. The minute the country goes dry, goodbye, wild women, goodbye. The girlies will start to act shy right after the 1st of July. They may be sick, but just cut out their liquor. Then it's a sin they can never get sicker. The minute the country goes dry, goodbye, wild women, goodbye. Stop at two. 
can't we have a drink? Just a little drink, any little drink will do. I'm with you. If I had a drink, just a little drink, then I wouldn't feel so blue. Oh, how dry I am. Don't you really think we ought to have a drink? Just a little drink with you. Gals do not improve with age. So give me some good whiskey. 
The voice of one of the real pioneer African-American comedians of the mid-20th century, sometimes known as the Jackie Robinson of comedy, that was Timmy Rogers in 1946 on the Majestic label record number 9000. The song was Good Whiskey and a Bad Woman. (laughs) A lot of fun, that record. Before that, from 1925, we heard Billy Murray, Louis James, Elliot Shaw, and Wilfred Glenn singing with Paul Whiteman's orchestra, Just a Little Drink, a song written by Byron Gay. And I wonder if, back in the height of Prohibition, when liquor was often viewed as the devil's drink, if the catalog number for that record wasn't chosen with a little bit of a humorous eye, it's Victor 19666. Or was that just a coincidence? Before that, from 1919, we heard Arthur Field sing Goodbye, Wild Women, Goodbye, an early Prohibition song, Pathé record number 22127. For those of you just joining us, welcome. My name is Brian Wright. This is the Shellac Stack, a program on which I play 78 RPM records from the 19-teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And up next, from 1947, we'll hear pianist Lou Marcus and his nostalgic piano on the Jewel label, record number 5005. Here is an old tune that goes back to about 1920, Dardanella. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Well, from Lou Marcus's rendition of Dardanella, we'll turn next to the original Indiana Five, billed on the label of this Oriole record as the Dixie Jazz Band. Although the band is also credited as the composer of this tune, in which case they're credited as the original Indiana Five. From January of 1927, the record is The Crawl. After that, we'll hear from Phil Romano and his orchestra, a Victor record from September of 1925, Billy Murray comes back to the microphone to sing, I'm going out if Lizzie comes in. And we'll finish the set with the Orpheus Dance Band, a generic name masking John Furman's dance band, a Xonophone record recorded in London on March 26, 1931, a good old UB Blake song, Memories of You. But first up, here are the original Indiana Five and their original composition, The Crawl. Thank you. 
Lizzie comes in, if Lizzie comes in, she'll begin to roll her eyes at me. And oh gosh, oh gee, she's got this, a little of that. She isn't too thin and not too fat. And she has so much of the skin you love to touch. When Lizzie gets busy, she don't give you a rest. She pets you, upsets you, and vamps the buttons off your vest. So I'll sing songs, tell a few jokes, play on the youth, but holy smokes, I'm going out if Lizzie comes in. a song I've always liked, and a really nice arrangement. John Furman's band, under the name of the Orpheus Dance Band, 
Really nice, spacious sound, too, courtesy of London's Kingsway Hall, where that was recorded. On about March 26, 1931, Memories of You. That was on a phone record 5865. Before that, Phil Romano and his orchestra in 1925. Billy Murray singing, I'm Going Out If Lizzie Comes In, a song by De Silva Brown and Henderson. And we started off the set with an Oriole record, number 829, from January of 1927. The original Indiana Five, billed as the Dixie Jazz Band with The Crawl. Up next, I've got a duo that I like a lot. They don't seem to have held up very well in public memory, but they were huge, huge hits, especially in England in the late 20s and early 1930s. Turner Layton and Clarence Johnston, often billed simply as Layton and Johnston, an African-American team that did find their biggest success over in England. This is a record they made there, probably not even issued here in the States. My copy's a British pressing on Columbia. The song, probably most often identified with Bing Crosby, is Please. And after that, we'll hear from an obscure New York area singer, Roy Madison, singing with Edgar Fairchild's music. I wish I could tell you more about him, but nothing turns up when I search for this guy. Roy Madison, he was probably a flash-in-the-pan Broadway singer or cabaret artist in the late 1930s. Anyway, a record he made in 1937 of a tune by Yip Harburg and Harold Arlen, the guys that gave us Somewhere Over the Rainbow, this song not quite as well remembered called I've Gone Romantic on You. But first up, here's Leighton and Johnston. Cheer to my please Tell me that you love me too Please let me hold you tight in my arms I could find delight in your charms Every night my whole life through Your eyes reveal that you have a soul of An angel white as snow But how long must I play the role of a gloomy Romeo Oh, please Say you're not intending to tease Speed the happy ending And please Tell me that you love me too Are you listening? Are you bored? Have I struck that certain chord? Does your little heart react? Why hide the fact? Keep me guessing but you'll find I possess a one-track mind Love is all I talk about But you'll never tune me out Thank you. 
please Lend a ray of cheer to my please Tell me that you love me too Please let me hold you tight in my arms I could find delight in your charms Every night my whole life through Your eyes reveal that you have the soul of An angel white as snow But how long must I play the role of A gloomy Romeo Oh please Say you're not intending to tease the happy ending please tell me that you love me too Roy Madison singing with Edgar Fairchild's music in about 1937, I've Gone Romantic on You, 
is the name of that song. Before that, Leighton and Johnston on a British Columbia record, DB1026, from December of 1932, recorded in London. Please was the name of that song by Robin and Ranger. Okay, let's continue with some jazz now. Revival-era jazz, first recorded in New Orleans on August 28, 1950. We'll hear the ill-fated George Gerard leading the Basin Street Six. He's the one singing on this record of Margie. It's circle record number J1072. Then we'll head over to Cologne, Germany, for a record made there by Wolfgang Sauer and his Blue Rhythm All-Stars. A pressing on the German Columbia label, number DW5374. It's the Basin Street Blues. And then we'll keep the Basin Street theme going just a little longer for a record by Pete Daly's Chicagoans from 1950, a tune by Will Bradley and Ray McKinley called The Basin Street Boogie. Doesn't start out very boogie-ish, but it gets going eventually. To start us off, here are the Basin Street Six. Thank you. 
you come along with me? Way down in Mississippi We'll take a boat to the land of dreams Steer right down the river down to New Orleans The folks that you meet there Gonna greet you Well, all the dark and the light for me Heaven on earth, they call it Basin Street Basin Street, in the streets Where all the dark and light folk meet down in early It seems just how much it really means. Oh, glad to be. Oh, yes, well, welcome, free and dear to me. Where I can lose, lose my face and straight Thank you.
little Basin Street theme for you. First up, the Basin Street Six gave us Margie from 1950. Then it was Wolfgang Sauer and his Blue Rhythm All-Stars in 1955, Basin Street Blues. And we wrapped up with Pete Daly's Chicagoans on a Capitol record from 1950, the Basin Street Boogie. And now to start off our last set on today's Shellac Stack program, I have a really phenomenal pianist. She made just a handful of Victor sides in the mid to late 1920s, really fewer than four or five, I think, Pauline Alpert. But she came back in the 1940s and made a number of records for the Sonora label, also a few for a couple of other independent labels, I think, also made some transcriptions. She was going strong well into the end of the 1970s. There's video footage of her on YouTube in 1979 when she was about 78 or 79 years old playing and she still had it. Anyway, we'll hear Pauline Alpert give us chopsticks. Yes, that chopsticks that all the kids play, but nobody's played it quite like Pauline does on this record from February of 1944. Thank you. 
dime, dear. My head goes reeling, but not from wine. There's love in my heart, and it will keep on growing. I know that I'm aiming high, but here's a toast to what I want the most. Here's
We wrapped up this edition of the Shellac Stack with a record by Glenn Miller and his orchestra from 1937, just before the band really hit it big. They made a few sides for the Decca label, that was one of them. Moonlight Bay, a song by Percy Winrick and Edward Madden that goes back to the early 19-teens. Before that, Jimmy Hunter and his orchestra, a pseudonym for Jack Shilkrit. Chick Bullock was the vocalist on yet another Robin and Ranger tune, Here's Love in Your Eye from 1936. And we started that set with Pauline Alpert at the piano. What did you think of her arrangement of Chopsticks from February of 1944? That's going to wrap up this edition of the Shellac Stack. As always, I thank you very much for tuning in and listening along to these 78s with me. I hope you had fun, and I hope we'll see you next time for more 78 RPM records here on the Shellac Stack. Until next time, take care and bye-bye. Thank you.